All right, this is um, Jimmy, um, Brian, and Johnny from uh, Jedi Fun Time. Um, Come down here to Culture Shock uh, week, weekend event in, down here in Indianapolis. Um, came all the way down here from Chicago. Come to see uh, the Bounty, Bounty Hunter reunion panel with uh, our friend here, Daniel Logan. Um, he played, uh, to those who don't know, he played the young Boba Fett in uh, Attack of the Clones. And a uh, very good character. And uh, hopefully we'll see him again in uh, upcoming future films. Um, so say hi to... Uh, to the uh, group, Dan. How you doing? What's up, guys? Dan or Daniel? I'm sorry. That doesn't matter, man. Okay. Okay. I'm everything. You know, Dan, Danny D, whatever, man. <laughs> Danny Boba. Um, yeah, no, it's cool, man. Just another convention, you know, yeah. that I get to be a part of. Yeah. It's so, awesome. Yeah, how was your weekend so far? It was good. Before the snow came in, right? So, uh, I like the snow, man, but yeah, it was good, you know. I mean, yeah. anytime you get the chance to come out and be able to be a public figure, you know, and mm -hmm. enjoying other people's time as well yeah. while enjoying your own time, that's one of the best things you can ask for. Right. Um, uh, it was good for us, probably bad for you, that the fact that we got to, you know, talk to you one-on-one. -on -one. I've, I've seen you before at numerous conventions. Uh, the last time I saw you was at uh, C2E2 in Chicago. Okay. And the place was swamped and you were so busy. So yeah. I mean, that would have been a bad time to, you know, to interview. But so I'm, I'm glad I had my got the opportunity now to, to Yeah, I had my buddy out with know. me on C2E2, mm -hmm. showing him the kind of the con lifestyle, you know. Yeah. So. Well, that's try, cool. Trying to make my friends like me a little more. <laughs> I remember you had your booth. You had your booth right behind, like the whole. They had a yeah, whole tattoo stations yeah, back yeah. behind there. So, that was yeah, really, those are my friends. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's cool. Yeah. Really cool. It's cool that you take your friends. You include your friends and stuff. I mean, a lot of well, people, those guys. Know, uh, those guys actually. Um, they had a show on um, A and E um, called Epic Inc. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. They were the tattoo guys with the nerd tattoos. So right. is it still on? Because I, I actually watched I it. Think, I recorded it, but I haven't I think seen it's any episodes since for season two. Okay. Oh wow. Okay, so they are yeah. they are still Hopefully. on then. So. Yeah. So maybe it was just a short season because I saw like about six episodes of that. So yeah, I think that was a really cool did. show. So yeah, I know that very very. It well, was a so. test, you know, probably a test run, yeah. six, and then see how it does and. Right. Okay. Whatever comes back. I remember last time I uh, talked to you, you were also doing, uh, besides doing cons, you were uh, flipping houses. Yeah. You were modeling and stuff. Are you still, are you still doing that? Is that well, I was doing that for my dad in California. Now I'm uh, about to get my uh, go for my re a real estate license. Okay. Oh, wow. So, are you yeah. still in Utah? Weren't you in Utah before? Yeah, I'm in Salt Lake. Okay. So uh, I'm about to get my real estate license here in, in uh, Salt Lake, oh, hopefully here soon, and start oh, selling houses. So. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I was doing the work on them. I was more or less renovating them than flipping them. Okay. Um, okay. My dad was keeping them as, as renters. Oh, I see. Um, but he, he had about 55 of them. So I had a lot of work off for a long time. Oh, I see. So now you're, kind of, um, you're going off on your own then, or you're still... Now I just want to work less. Oh, you know, work less, get paid more. So I think move into the real estate, right. you know, and then I don't have to do the work. Smarter, not harder, right? Exactly. I hire people. Then I hire someone to do the work, and I get the commission off it at the end, so... Exactly. So. Yeah. Okay. Oh, well. I'm not going to lie. With the personality you have up on stage, you should have a renovation show. Really? Oh, I mean, if, if Vanilla Ice has one, if why Vanilla not? Ice yeah. had one, why not, right, man? Right. <laughs> hey, you know what? You, I don't know if I'm that. You're, you're, I'm good, but I'm not that good yet. You're, you're we'll sign a petition. There, man. It was we'll, good. I watched the Property Brothers, and I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not there yet. <laughs> it's all in the editing, man. Exactly. <laughs> the, the, the house is actually like a shack. <laughs> it's all editing. <laughs> it's actually in a studio. So. Yeah, it's a soundstage. Some green screens, you know. Right. Uh, but, so. yeah. No, it was cool seeing you. It was cool. It was, I'm glad you guys all can make it down here, too. You know? I was glad, too. Yeah. It's nice to get out of the house for a week, you know? Yeah. Weekend. 
Yeah. Are you looking forward to uh, Celebration? You yeah. mentioned the, obviously the audience didn't hear because they weren't at the panel, but you announced that you were going to be at uh, Celebration in April. Yeah, it was funny, you know, sitting on stage with four or five other people, you know, and then like they're all like, no, no, I'm not invited. And then I'm like, well, I'll, I'm invited. How do I bring this yeah, up, like, right? Uh, <laughs> I'm going. Right. Like, I mean, I'm a sorry, guys. Uh, I hope, hopefully, they will. It's still, there's still a chance. Right. They, they only announced half the uh, guests so far. Yeah. So, how was the waiting game for you? You're sitting there going, all right, am I doing something in April? Am I doing something in April? Oh, well, no, no, they already asked me. I was one of the first people booked. Oh, very good. Okay. But very I was just only announced. Oh, okay. So I knew I was going from the beginning. Oh, okay. That's, that's good. <laughs> that's it cool. seemed like everything's last minute because, like, they'll obviously they had to wait, make sure contracts are signed, and, you know, make sure everything's a go before they will physically, you know, put it out there and announce that you're going to attend. So, but it's good that you had the heads up on that. I like so. my autograph. So. <laughs> um, so, yeah, um, how was the, were you at the last celebration? Yeah, I've been in, in, the, in Orlando. Uh, I've been at because you mentioned you were at Celebration Four. Yeah, I've been okay. at the mall besides Celebration Two, I think. Okay. Okay. Celebration Two was here in Indiana. Yeah. So those are, that was that, my first one I went mm-hmm. to. Okay. Cool. So you got a little bit of a link to Indiana. Yeah, I mean Indiana. It's been a, it's been a revolving circle. You know, fourteen <laughs> years later, I'm back. <laughs> so, very cool. Um, what else? What else guys want to talk about at all? The Clone Wars series. Okay. How was it working on the? Yes. Uh, it was amazing. Clone Wars series. Yeah, that was amazing, man. But you still didn't get a blaster or armor. I know. Yeah, I did. Well, animated wise, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's a whole lot that they, they were, that we actually did, but they didn't. They're not going to release, or they haven't released yet because of uh, Disney buying. Okay. Oh, yeah. So that's kind of sad, but I mean, oh well. You got to keep trucking on, right? Yeah. Those yeah. were great episodes, though. Yeah, really they, yeah. they were very yeah, cool. I enjoyed that series a lot. And when you were on, it was pretty awesome. Yeah, it was only getting better. Yeah. So we're disappointed that it came to an end and hopefully maybe of they'll course, release it. There yeah. were talks that they might bring it back. Not only just because I was a big Clone Wars fan, but the fact that I had a job. Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah, this yeah, was was. Right. yeah so, yeah. but, you know, if it's not meant to be, it's not meant to be. You know, right. something else will come by. And you never know, you might appear in Rebels. They exactly. Might, they might need your voice again. Because, you yeah, never yeah, know. Sure, Rebels yeah. as well, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. No, you never know. Anything Star Wars is going to do good, man. And, you know, Disney's got it. They're going to, I think they'll do a fine job with it. And it's just going to be more and more stuff coming out all the time. Yeah. So, I mean, you never know. Yeah, once the ball starts rolling, man, we're going to be, it's just going to be the floodgates of Star Wars for us. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Cool. Um, is there any other cons that you got going up? I know you mentioned the panel. You had a few um, over on the West Coast. Yeah, is there, I think is there I'm anything going else going around? I think I'm going to Steel City Comic Con next month. Steel City, that's in, that's in uh, Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Yeah, and then I don't know. Okay. Are you doing any in DC? Because I know you do. Sometimes you do. Uh, you do a lot with John Morton, who played uh, Dak and uh, Bespin Bova. Yeah. So you, I no, think you'll think of Awesome Con. Were you there last year at Awesome Con in DC? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. No, no, I wasn't. No, you weren't. Okay. No, that should pretty much sum it up. That's about it. Um, we didn't want to take too much of your time up. You know. So I appreciate it. We appreciate you I'm joining. Just dead us tired, today. man. Yeah. But uh, yeah, thanks for doing the interview with us. And uh, for those that are going to be listening, um, come see Daniel. He's a really cool guy when uh, when you go to celebration in April. And what is it, Jedi so, Fan? Jedi, Jedi Fun Times, the name of our uh, Jedi Fun Times podcast. So you I might li- send you the invite. You, go. you will so. listen to Jedi Fun Times. This is Daniel Logan, Young Boba Fett, and Attack of the Clones and the Clone Wars. Stay tuned. Jedi Fun Time. It's more to come. <laughs> Hi, this is uh, Jimmy, and I'm with uh, Johnny and Brian. We're from Jedi Fun Time, mm-hmm. and uh, doing a podcast here. We are down in uh, Days of the Dead convention, which is in Indianapolis. Um, it's a horror convention, but they actually had a very cool Star Wars panel yep. uh, consisting of the old bounty hunters from Empire Strikes Back. Um, here with us today, we have uh, Chris Parson, who uh, played um, Forlom, one of the bounty hunters. Uh, also, he played uh, K- K-3PO, which was the white version of C-3PO. Um, down at the Hoth base station, 
and also had played other roles too in the movies that you might not know. So we'll get to uh, talk to him and get his perspective on on his characters and maybe tell us which one was his favorite and you know share a little bit of insight as far as um, you know what's uh, went on behind the scenes of these movies. Um, so here he is. Hi, Chris. Hi, guys. How you doing? Good. Doing good. So. Um, We'll just start with which one probably was your favorite character. I mean, you're probably most known being before Alam because of the bounty hunters being so cool. Um, but uh, which one was probably your favorite character that you'd like to play? Well, that's interesting because obviously uh, now, as you say, Forlorn is, is, is the one that people tend to associate with. Mm-hmm. Um, all those years ago, Forlorn was just another character that when we were making it was called Insect Head. Right. Maybe a lot of you fans don't know that, but right. he didn't have a name. And then I understand he was called Zuckers, and then obviously he changed back round to Fallen. Yeah. Right. So, to me, it was just a, a very, very small bit. I didn't give it any thoughts at all. It's just another character. Uh, obviously, my favourite one was doubling for C-3PO. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you remember what scenes that you doubled for C-3PO when, when, yeah. Anthony, when Anthony Daniels wasn't around? Well, the, the main one I did for C-3PO was in the uh, Return of the Jedi in the um, Ewoks forest. Oh, I didn't, I didn't know you were Return of the Jedi. I just thought you were just strictly an Empire. And uh, Okay. I mean, I did a couple of bits on the Empire, which I'd have to rack my brains to think exactly what scenes they were. Mm-hmm. But the one that he's definitely mind is the Chariot in Return of the Jedi. Oh, that, was, that was you, okay. Chariot. So that was mine, because Anthony didn't want to do it reason for that was it was high up on scaffolding uh-huh. and uh, well, I don't know maybe he just didn't fancy the height but I loved it and I thought we're good the only thing I was dubious about is sitting in this chariot in this uh, costume but you can't move and then you've got these little guys carrying you and I thought if these guys tip this thing up <laughs> I'm a goner you're done for right <laughs> that is hilarious um you rem- reminded me. I remember when I when I first saw you was at uh, Rhode Island Comic Con over about a year ago, and that's when they had the first like bounty hunter like reunion panel. It basically, you had the same people here. You had you, uh, John Morton. You had Kathy, uh, Kathy Monroe um, and Alan Harris, and you also had Paul Blake, which played Greedo from from New Hope. New Hope, and you described what I didn't know at the time. People didn't know what did four law mean as far as what did it represent the acronyms for four law. And you mentioned that, and you said that your character name was it was basically for the love of money. That's correct. Which was very, very cool. And, you, very and, cool and after thinking about it, you're just like, how simple that was, but genius at the same time. You know, so it was, it was, it was, it was very fascinating being there and hearing that panel for the first time. And all you guys up on stage at one time, it was, it was truly amazing. Um, and then to hear your actual character name. But like you said, you didn't know your character name at first when you had your script and you were doing your lines. They didn't basically give names out till probably later, till. They had to do an action oh. figure line, and they had to give it a name, basically. On the cool sheet, it was just called Insect Head. Insect Head, huh? That's it. Okay, very cool. Um, is it, anyone else want to ask questions? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, some former cast members, none of the ones here, of course, because they're here, weren't real, uh, aren't, aren't real excited about the fact that they were in Star Wars. A lot of them, not a big fan of it. I mean, you obviously don't feel that way, because you're here, you, did you enjoy your time on set and everything? I mean, did you well, well, yeah, when you were course, doing it? Did of you, course. You know? I mean, I was I was a young guy. I'd done other films, bits and pieces, but I wasn't sure which direction I was going to go in life. Yeah. Uh, and so to go from making one or two day jobs with films to to uh, the Empire Strikes Back, which I worked on for about six months. Wow. Almost suddenly yeah. playing all these characters. I mean, it was almost like a dream come true. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, here is a career path that I can follow. And I thought, well, what better than messing around, making movies, and getting paid for it? Right. Yeah. And, and I loved it. I can't remember one day when I had a bad day. 
I mean, he didn't know if I was playing one costume for the day or they put me in three or four. I did whatever they wanted. Um, it was just cool. All right, that's saying a lot because I'm sure when you're on the set, you're probably doing 15, 16 hour days at the time as well. At, for the, shooting, time, so. at the time, I, I lived um, down on, on the south coast and I used to drive, which took me about two, two and a half hours in the morning. So I, I used to leave about sort of 5.30 uh-huh. to get to Earl Street for sort of eight o'clock or just before. Okay. Do, as you say, probably from eight to maybe six or seven or eight o'clock sometimes wow. and then drive back home. And then do it all over. So for, wow. for six months or so, and and, and the Return of the Jedi was about four months plus. Mm-hmm. I used to just get up in the morning, have a shower, put a cup of tea, a bit of toast, drive to the studio, do what I had to do, uh, then drive home, have my dinner, and hit the sack. Right. Okay. And, and that was my life, with the exception of weekends for all that period of time. But it didn't bother me. Wow, it's so good. That's awesome. Saying that you actually worked on the set for six months, we have interviewed a few actors um, so far. With you know, examples like Pam Rose and uh, Mike Quinn recently, and they only been on the set for like maybe a couple of weeks. And but the fact that you had steady work for six months, that's almost basically as much as the, as your as the main cast. It was the main cast. The, the, you know, the, the reason so you really got to know these characters really well. Then I was. I yeah. mean, you know, Harrison Ford. I mean, we were on first name terms. Mm-hmm. Very polite guy, Carrie Fisher. I mean, all of them. It was just like a, a full time job. It was like a little family. Yeah, yeah. And, and the reason that I was on there was because of the the second assistance, which they've been commented on before. They were the best in the business. A guy called Roy Button, Steve Lanning, and Dave Tommy. Okay. Um, and they took a liking to me because I proved, I presume, that I was reliable and could do the job. Right. And that's what they wanted. Mm-hmm. You know, they wanted to put people in, in costumes that could deliver. They yeah. didn't want assholes messing around. Right. You know, right. And taking right. it's a serious business. There's a lot of money going about, right. and they wanted to get the job done. Right. So they liked me, which I've been eternally grateful for. And it also helped that you had the frame that you could fit into the costumes as well. Because C three PO, that's a very skinny, tight outfit, so they just couldn't, you know. They needed someone dependable because if they didn't, it would be hard to cast. So we're meeting meeting those requirements and that physique to fit into the costumes. Oh yeah, I mean obviously, my my size at the time, it was a question of the right place at the right time. Right, and and the likability came obviously later. Um, I'm not much different now to what I was then. Um, so it'd be interesting to see if I could squeeze into it. Yeah. <laughs> now, How long uh, did it take you to get into costume? Well, things like the Stormtrooper costume was, was pretty simple because it was a black leotard that you put on. And every time you put that on, you felt like a ballet dancer. So being a young guy, I was a bit embarrassed with that because there's a little bit of sort of fun, fun in the conversation was that these leotards had... Um, they, they zipped up from the back and they had a little cutout mm-hmm. so that you could go and take a leak. Yeah. Okay. Well, I didn't like the uh, the way that was, was, so I used to wear mine differently with the zip up the front. And of course, then we had this little chink at the back side. Okay. Which, which but there was a few comments made about that. Yeah. But, but I mean, we, we, we move on from that. Once, once you had the once you had the leotard on, then the, the, the Stormtrooper costume was a, a, a mixture of plastic with elasticated bits holding it all together so it was quite quick to get into and you could probably get dressed leotard and and stuff in about well if you push yourself probably sort of five or six minutes and you could do that by yourself if you go back to the C-3PO based costumes fall on K-3PO C-3PO all of those now that's a different ball game you needed a dresser to help you 
um, because once you put on the, the hard trunks, um, then basically you were at the mercy of anybody else because you, you couldn't move. So the, the legs had to be slip, slipped on, the chest plate was screwed on, the head was screwed on, and the arms were heavy as well. So you needed a dresser. That would probably take um, probably 20 minutes or so okay. to do. Sometimes you had to ease the legs over the trunks with some KY jelly or something to get, you know. Really? Oh, wow. Seriously? Wow. Yeah. Wow. And we, okay. You know, we, and then we, have that on all day long. We can all have a joke with that, but seriously, the, <laughs> yeah. the legs were tight on the trunks. Right. So sometimes a bit of that. You need now, a lubrication. It, so. it yeah. slipped on. Yeah. Obviously, the, you know, the dressers were, were good guys as well. So, mm. as I mentioned before, it was, it was just like a big family. I had a, uh, I had a dressing room on set next to Anthony so there was this made up small house if you like and it was called Rose Cottage Anthony had one side for his C3PO and I had the other side for Paulon K3PO E3PO and obviously occasionally C3PO and yeah I mean it was it was cool it was good do you have a costume at home I know there's a lot of like fan-made costumes that someone may might have contacted you like for instance I know like uh, Jeremy Bullock has his he has a life-size um, Boba Fett costume at his house do you have anything like that to, or any kind of like or just any kind of just Star Wars memorabilia not just from the set but just like Fan-made. You know, like I bought myself my action figure. You know, do you have anything like that at home? Or well, first of all, with the costumes, I was with Jeremy uh, show when he was presented with that mm-hmm. uh, costume. Oh, I think by maybe the garrison or, or somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I've been thinking for some time. I'd like to get someone to make me a, a C3PO costume up. There's various, various guys out there that can make these costumes. Um, there is a couple of guys in America. But it, I think it's fairly expensive to get the the plating part, the, yeah, the plating done. Yeah. But, you know, I, I don't want it for nothing. So if there's anybody out there that you know can maybe help me out, we can okay. come to some sort of arrangement. Because I'd love to get one so I can put it up in my office yeah. and just leave it there. But I'd like to make I, it wearable mm-hmm. so I can do some charitable stuff. Okay. Oh yeah. Well, well I, I have great. I have your email, and I, I belong to a uh, prop building co- uh, uh, website, RPF. I think it's called uh, Replica Prop Forms. I, think I, it is. It, yeah. I hope I didn't butcher it. But they do make they do make C3PO costumes. I think they were pricing somewhere around fifteen hundred, like American. But they also do. Um, there's a guy that does four long heads as well. So, which we just all you do is just take a three PO body. And yeah. Okay. You know, yeah. do that. So I would definitely. Yeah. I have your I have your email address. So I'll definitely once I get. I know the person. I can direct you that direction, dude. For him, maybe make you one. So okay. I'm sure he'll be honored. You know, coming from the actor who requesting one. So thanks. Okay, for sure. Yeah. But do you have like any toys or anything like that at your house that you have just on display statues or? Yeah, I'm 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 not an avid collector, but if a new toy comes out with one of my characters, mm-hmm. fall on or whatever, you know, a bigger figure, yeah, I will acquire it and and, and I will keep it as, as a, a memento. Yeah. Um, which I think is nice. I have obviously I have an official Star Wars jacket and I have the original cloth badges from the Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, which actually says Revenge of the Jedi. Oh wow! Of course. Yes. That I got. Yeah. Was making those, and yeah. obviously they're, they're potentially rare. priceless yeah. to me. Yeah. So yeah. I've, I've got all of those. Oh, very cool. I've got some, uh, I've got some T-shirts and stuff from the uh, premiere of the Empire Strikes Back, which was released because I attended that premiere mm-hmm. as C-3PO. So, wow, that's cool. Oh yeah, you guys don't know that. No, I was asked to do that at the worldwide premiere in Leicester Square for the Empire. Oh, wow. so I, I attended as Anthony Daniels because he couldn't do it, mm-hmm. um, and then I went on from that to do children's program called Blue Peter in England yeah, yeah. which is uh, well known 
two English fans. Okay. Um, I appeared live on there and, and, and did some other events as well. So that whole costume to me has, has a big part of my life. Yeah. You know, it was an honour to wear it and, and, and portray that. Very cool. Very cool. That's very cool. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, it was great that you were able to stay on set so long and play so many different characters too. Because like when we were talking to Pam, she had said how when you're an when when you start off as an extra on something, you have to do it a certain way so you're not real noticeable to the audience or the camera. Because if they notice you in the camera really prominently, it's hard to be in that same film again and get other jobs. You know. Right. So I'm sure part of it for you was that you were good at what you did, you fit the costume, but being able to have three different costumes probably was a big help to keep you on that set for six, eight months. And it was great that you had a great time doing it, too. I mean, it's really... And the charitable stuff you did afterwards. And as we said, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm in a position now in my life where you know, I'd like to do a lot more of that to help people not so privileged as me. Sure. It's a question of giving something back. Yeah. So, um, you know, we can do that. That's what I want to do. So That's awesome. Right. See what happens. Very cool. Um, what are your thoughts about uh, the upcoming movie, Episode Seven? Uh, when you, do you see the trailer? No, not really. I think I think we might have seen just a quick glimpse of it. Okay. When perhaps uh, we were researching some other stuff. Okay. Um, it'd be interesting because obviously JJ is well respected. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure he'll do a good job with it. Um, as, as to the direction it would take, obviously I have no way of knowing. Yeah. It would have been nice to be involved with it. In fact, I did have people sort of uh, speak to some people on my behalf with a view of you know doing something on it, but uh, it wasn't to be this time. But um, no, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Yeah, seeing where we go. Right. My thoughts with it is with episode seven, they're going to probably introduce the main cast, the main and movie. then episode eight is what that's when Lando's going to return, and then I think that's going to be the bounty hunter's going to return as well. So, what would be your thoughts if they, if you actually got a casting call and saying, hey, we're going to bring your character back, we would love for you to be in it. it, even if not your character, if they said, hey, we just want you, like we talked about the panel earlier, um, just to be a cameo, would you, would you? Would you do it? Would you, would oh, I think certainly, yeah. just just for the fact of being privileged enough to do it. Right. Um, it, it would be love to be able to do that. I think I think if, if, if they listen to what fans want, then then that sort of thing could happen. Yeah. So we'll have to sit back and, and see. Right. Yeah. But it would also be cool that to see, for the diehard Star, Star Wars fans, to say, hey, look, uh, there's Forlong. Yeah. Wait, that was Chris Parsons that was just sitting there in the cantina just yeah. having a drink. That would so, be cool. So, you know, just you playing, playing yourself, you know. That would definitely be cool to see that, you know. It, remember, it reminds me of the movie um, Fanboys, if you ever saw that. Yeah. You know, Star Wars based. But still, the, the people that in that movie were characters in Star Wars, but they just played themselves. So it's kind of cool to see that. So it would be awesome to see, like, yourself or, you know, anyone of your, anyone of your friends or, you know. Would well, be I, th- just I, th- I think the, this way, the way it works is that, obviously... Disney might have another element on it, but in Lucasfilm in the old days, I think they listened to fans mm-hmm. as to what fans wanted. I think that was the, the idea of the uh, celebration conventions right. to give fans what they wanted. So it's you guys that should be saying to the powers that be, you know, hey, why don't you right. do this? Because this is what we want to see. Right. Yeah. We were scared at first when Disney took over because we thought it's just going to be a whole new. They're just going to cater to the younger generation, and the old uh, diehard Star Wars, Star Wars fans will just be left in the wind. But I think they're, I think they're actually going to, you know, look at it as far as we need to please both the young audiences and the older audiences as well, and make everybody happy. I will say, I was, I was actually one of the few people not concerned about Disney taking over. Really? Like for some odd reason, I, I think because of my video game stuff and how I followed it so much. 
seeing how so many of Lucas's properties had just started declining, mm-hmm. and like they stopped making a lot of the games they made, and you know even the last Star Wars games they farmed out to other people. You right, know, right. It, it was time to get a, a change in there, and I, th- I think it's for the better. And I think Disney's hired the right people. I mean, Disney's hired half the people back that worked on the stuff before. You know, I mean, a lot of the people on, that work behind the scenes are a lot of the same people. So, I think they're going. They're, they're going to go in the right direction. Let's hope so. But, all right. Um, anything else? Uh, okay. All right. Very cool. Well, we want to thank you for uh, you know taking the time to. Join us, join us on our podcast. Yeah, thanks um, very much. Thank you, well, thank much. you guys for listening to me. It's a pleasure to talk to you. It was very cool. So, um, to uh, everyone back uh, listening, uh, this was uh, Chris Parsons, who uh, played uh, multiple characters on Star Wars. Most notable is uh, Forlom, the bounty hunter. Um, stay tuned. We'll have this edited, and we'll have it up uh, episode eight. All right. So uh, this is uh, Johnny and Jimmy and Brian. We're all here in uh, Indianapolis at Days of the Dead Culture Shock, and we are here with one of the bounty hunters from. No. No, no I thought he was. Yeah, well, I, I played Boba Fett. For, well, he did. Uh, yeah, see. Usually you want to start off a deck, but, but you're, you're right. right. You're right. You got to get well, a pretty he, girl in here. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. I, I, I guess more more, com- her. more commonly known. I'm going to pitch the story to her. Okay. Yeah. He, he was, uh, already got my picture. That's true. Uh, it was, yeah, his his. Uh, bigger role was Dak. Yeah. Uh, Luke Skywalker's um, co-pilot. co-pilot. Uh, but he did fill in as vet for yep. a little bit as well. For two days, yeah. For two days. And uh, he did the uh, stand-in scene uh, in Alvin uh, Bespin. Actually, yeah. You, you He's were no good it. to me. Dead. Yeah. Yep, and, there we go. had the yep. line. So, we're good. Uh, how was your uh, weekend here at the con? It was good, you know. I mean, it's uh, my second time on the ground in Indiana, in Indiana but uh, that was only briefly while I was in Lexington for a con last year. Yes, so I was down there. south. Mm-hmm. And I came across the line to see Hanover College, where it turns out my great-grandfather went. So I wanted to kind of see, you know, where he was hanging out, and so all the spirits were there. But I'm a little disappointed that I didn't get downtown to see the, um, you know, downtown Indianapolis, because I've always heard that's kind of fascinating. You know, that downtown well, well, it's all covered in snow now, so yeah. I don't know how much yeah. you really would have saw. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> The timing was bad, but yeah. yeah. Well, it was yeah. like Hoth. I felt right at home. There you <laughs> go. Awesome. Yeah, there you go. Awesome. So, um, yeah, so you had a good time at the con. We, for those yeah. that didn't hear the panel, you had an excellent panel. We yeah. talked about... Um, a lot of reminiscing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were interested in what it was like to work with Irving Kirchner, the director right. on Empire Strikes Back. Right, and that was the question I asked you. And then I was yep. the one that shouted out John Hollis, too. When there you, you go. When <laughs> you were, Thank you. I keep when, forgetting his name. I didn't know him very well. But no, he was a good guy. Yeah, was he? Yeah, okay. yeah. And um, there was also a lot of interest in the costumes and uh, people dealing with the masks and the buckets and all that. So, yeah, it was sort of a technical panel. Okay. I'm sure you were there to answer the questions that people want to know. About. Right, right. I wish, right, sure. I, I wish people asked more questions. But I always do. Even myself, I even get a little scared and afraid yeah, that you're actually up there and you're like, I want to ask you a thousand things, but I don't want to screw it up by, you know, yeah, by you asking. So. Now, see, in my case, I can't think, like... At the time, I don't come up with anything. I'm like, oh, they answered everything. And then the minute it's over, I'm like, oh, I should ask about that. You come by and ask the the questions there. Yep, yep. No, you know, I think I can speak for everybody. Uh, We like getting out with the fans and bringing joy to people. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's kind of what it is. I mean, we don't have to do this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, you're known as a fan favorite because you go to a lot of cons. I know you you go to Awesome Con a lot, which is in D.C. Uh, Well, uh, yeah, the first one was last last year, and then I'll do this year as well. Okay. Uh, Okay. But I didn't, I think it was their, this will be their fourth year. Okay. And, um, yeah, that's, that turned out to be a really great convention. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, you do a lot of cons and, um, and you travel a lot, and then you're going to be at yeah. uh, Celebration, um, Celebration 7 in Anaheim. Yeah, I haven't been announced yet, I don't think. Okay. But I'm doing a pan the 501st and the Mercs and the okay. Rebel Legion. Okay. Oh, wow, very cool. Yeah. Very cool. So you might be there, but you might not be... Um, oh, no, I'm booked. You're, just, you're booked. They okay. haven't announced me. Oh, I see. Oh, okay, that's good. Yeah. Okay, because I, I know some people like Mike Quinn, for instance, he's, he's going, but he's not going to be um, part of the. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. No, I signed the con- I signed the contract, okay. and unless something okay. goes completely haywire, I'm, most likely won't. They'll, so. <laughs> they'll announce me someday. Okay. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. Um, what else do I want to say, real quick? Uh, I'm sure a thousand questions you hear all the yeah, time. Yeah, I, I want a question from this lady. <laughs> you okay, one. Okay. <laughs> question from me? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm pitching it to you, baby. <laughs> now. To her defense, she just saw Empire Strikes Back for the first time last year. Oh, so she's not a fan. Oh, she is now. She no, is now. I am now. Mm-hmm. No, you can't discredit me completely. <laughs> what was your favorite costume to wear? I think I preferred being the rebel uh, in, in the snowspeeder. But, uh, you know, as I get older, I realize that how iconic Boba Fett is. That, uh, yeah, that I was in there and, you know, he was the ultimate bad boy. You get the best of both worlds. And you had one of the best. And you had one of the best lines. You know, I get it now. I think I said in the panel discussion, you know, I got to say a line to Darth Vader to put him in his tracks. So there's not many people that got away with saying, you you don't scare me, man. (laughs) Very cool. I was tracking him. I was ready to take him out. (laughs) (laughs) Now, when you were filming Empire, when you read the script, did you show at the time that, oh, man, I'm really going to get killed in this scene? Uh, well, I know I was going to get killed. Okay. Uh, okay. But yeah, they only show you a little piece, the sides, you know, or the pages, because mm-hmm. they don't give the scripts out to everybody because they're, you know, afraid right. that the, the beans will be spilled on, uh, right, right. on what's really going on. So, that, yeah, no, so I didn't see the whole thing. But see, I maintain that uh, Dak really didn't die. You know? He just got pushed further into the snow and was rescued later. Yeah, yeah okay. I, I would go. I would go along with that. That he was rescued. That he was knocked out by the the laser shot. Mm-hmm. And Luke was going back to get him because he was carrying a data card that had a lot of important intelligence. So he was an important guy. And uh, a couple of uh, mercenaries found him. Uh, in the ice and brought him back to the Bacta tank and revived him. So he's, he's out there in the universe and he's, he survived. But the account, you know, the documentary aspects of the Empire Strikes Back, you know, that's they gave us one take of what happened. And so everybody's presumed that Dak is dead, but he wasn't. Nice. I like that. I like that. Oh, that's very cool. That, that, and I maintain that what he actually did was that he was rescued, but he was separated from the rebels. And so for the next few years, you know, he was hanging out uh, in a tap calf as a bartender, kind of like Rick, you know, <laughs> Casablanca, you know, nice. Humphrey Bogart. So that's, now you're speaking my language. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> so I'm, I, you know, think of Dak as Rick's Cafe American from Casablanca. We got to go. Okay. Uh, we appreciate the stage hook is out. All right. My daughter is telling me our driver is awaiting. Okay. Well, okay. thank you very much. It's a pleasure meeting time. you. Yeah. Thanks for your time. Appreciate thank it. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. We quick pick Welcome to the force. <laughs> Hi, this is uh, Jimmy, uh, Brian, and Johnny here at uh, Days of the Dead uh, Culture Shock. We were here for the Star Wars uh, panel that they had here. It was uh, almost kind of like a, a bounty hunter reunion that uh, had uh, people like uh, four, the characters that play Forlom, um, Bosk. Which is, he's here right now. His name is Alan Harris. How you doing, Alan? How you doing? I'm a happy man. Yeah, that's good. How was your week? How was your weekend here? 
It's been excellent. We've had very informed fans who know what they're talking about and what they want. And uh, so we've had lots of chats, explanations. Uh, I had a nice Q&A as well this afternoon mm-hmm. and uh, met some more fans. And they had the right th- they heard the right thing, I think. They heard from all of us yeah. what they wanted to hear. They put good, good questions. They were knew what they were talking about. And so it was, that was great. Yeah, it was, it was an exciting panel that... Uh People might not have known what was going on behind the scenes. And obviously, people that have a little bit of knowledge of Star Wars knows you as Bosk, but they mm. don't know you as other characters that you played as well. Going way back to even A New Hope, that you were a stormtrooper in yeah. uh, that movie, and then even in Empire Strikes Back, you were the uh, concept um, prototype of Boba Fett. Before he became Boba Fett, he was a white um, Imperial uh, commando. Um, you talked a little about it in the panel. Can you share with the, our audience what that character was? Um, how you got the role for it and uh, what they were going to do with it originally before they decided to scrap it and made him a bounty hunter? Uh, the ori- origins of that was that uh, they were going to make four super troopers and these would jump out of Darth Vader's ship uh, and then have rockets in the back that would f- take them down to ground level and be able to shoot and so on. And they also had uh, a backpack in, in the, on uh, the uh, costume and it had a flamethrower. I pressed... Uh, they did some adjustments to the taps behind me on the final test mm-hmm. fitting and I pressed the thing on my wrist, a button and that okay. caused the flamethrower to come out frightening the living daylights that, out of me yeah. <laughs> too late to do anything about yeah. it then I'm afraid they told you after you had it on after, right? yeah so, so you're wondering why the suit was so heavy because I'm sure you had the uh, like helium tanks in the back of your suits yeah. to power the flamethrower, right? yeah <laughs> so then once it triggered and went off then yeah but it was, but it was a bit of a surprise for you huh? quite but the, uh, they decided to scrap that costume uh, in the okay. script and uh, the costume was there they did need a costume for Boba Fett and they changed it because it, uh, it didn't want another white he, if, as, uh, as a super trooper mm-hmm. like the stormtroopers in white perfect but uh, for Boba Fett they knocked the colour down brown and green and battered it as though he'd been in battles, which he had been. Right. And uh, so it, it became an excellent costume, and it's been replicated many times. But I've spoken to two people who've made them, and it's wonderful that the enthusiasm is there for that. But uh, it turned out, unfortunately, the, uh, the actor that was chosen to play the part was Jeremy Bullock, who's become a very good friend of mine. He was at the time when we were filming, but uh, he got me on to doing these uh, conventions. Oh, I didn't did know it? anything about them. Oh, really? It was uh, ten, well, 10 years ago, and uh, he got me on it, and I've had a lovely time since I'm retired, and so mm-hmm. it's uh, a little bonus, and I enjoy it as well. I like people. That's why yeah. we all like people. Yes. Right. That's and what's important to call these kinds that you can it, get. It makes it pleasant mm-hmm. for us, mm-hmm. and we inform them any questions they want to ask but I'm sure that the fans like you know to be in our company because of yeah, it, they like the films oh, yeah, okay. and so it's, it was fun and there was other things I did uh, I was a best bin guard in the blue costume yes. uh, escorting the carbonates uh, onto Boba uh, Fett's ship Yes. And I was also the body for the carbonate. Uh, Not a lot of people knew that. That you <laughs> stood in, and you actually were the physical mold that they made. Yeah, the body uh, for Kirsch, the Owen Kirsch, and had told me to lay down on the floor in the props room, 
they put drinking straws up my nose so I could breathe mm-hmm. and put my he put my fingers in the positions that he wanted to well, holding but, up right yeah and he said hold that whatever happens <laughs> I didn't know what was going to happen at that point mm-hmm. but then they put plaster of Paris on me from head to toe all the way down it took about an hour and uh, when it was dry uh, they lifted it off took my face off and later they did a face mold of Harrison and then put that on and that became the carbonate and they put it into fiberglass and um, yeah so but it, I was just the body the hands and the body and the toes and so on for mm-hmm. me there and uh, yeah it turned out okay Awesome. And then um, we'll talk about more about your more famous character, which would be Bosk. Mm. Um, how did it go about that when you knew about you were going to play this alien lizard type? Yeah, but my main job on the film, on Empire and Jedi, was the stand-in for Anthony Daniels. And uh, I had a gold mask, one of his gold masks, and a gold jacket for lighting and camera. Okay. And, but there were large gaps in his work schedule. Uh, it was a five-month shoot for both of us. And um, so, in the gaps in between, they did. Uh, they put me into other costumes, and one of them was my favourite one. Of course, is the bus because it was a high altitude inner space suit for real in Britain for the uh, Silver Streak program. I think it was called, and it had uh, screw caps in the legs so that hot water. Because it's so cold, it's, it's 50, 60 degrees minus right. in a plane. You've, you see them on them. And even the higher you go, the colder it gets. So you need boiling water, effectively, to keep the body lo- uh, um, going. So it's a, a real thing. Now, the one thing about it was that the, there was an aluminium ring that went around the neck. Okay. That was for where the r- original helmet went click, click. But they didn't want to see that on the... Uh, on the character so they hid it with a flexible hose then they moulded my arms and hands and my feet and legs and the master uh, makeup man actually did the head for me and it's got my I've seen it in fact since and it's got my name on a piece of plaster inside under the chin. So, oh, wow. so they cool. knew it was me that was in it. Yeah. 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 Very nice. Very cool. yeah. But Bosco was a very tall character. So were you on like any kind of like stilts or anything to elevate you? Because you, you, you were probably as tall as Darth Vader was when you were on that platform yeah. in the uh, Imperial Destroyer. Yeah. So you were taller than the other bounty hunters. So is that your, was that your actual size at the time? Or did, did, did no, they th- raise th- you? That, we're all similar size. I mean, there's not much difference between Chris and I. Okay. Um, Jeremy's exactly the same because uh, but that became the costume for Jeremy and fits him just as perfectly as it did me. Right, okay. So but it's just that the angle of the camera uh, okay. makes me look taller than the others because they're it's, further back. It's just a little trickery there. Okay. Yeah, well, it's just the way it worked out. Yeah. They wanted the angle and they wanted to buy. <laughs> okay. So it it was. Uh, I was very very lucky with that character because that's the main one that uh, people want me for and uh, but the other things came along you know they all came along and so I've been very very lucky I've enjoyed the shows mm-hmm. um, awesome. I also I escorted on the first film I escorted Carrie Fisher under an X, X-Wing fighter to Mark mm-hmm. to have a chat and uh, Jedi was called back to stand for Anthony again but he was working all the time there was no time to get into costumes and uh, late, years later, I was called uh, to Phantom, 
and uh, I was standing for Terence Stamp, who's Valoran, and then um, uh, then he went away. He goes up mountains, I think, from memory. Anyway, I they asked me to call me in twice to double for him. They put me in his costume, and uh, so I did a couple of things for him there. So. I was lucky to do all four films that were made in this country. The last two were made mainly in Australia, I was told, so I wouldn't be involved in that. So was Phantom Menace your last uh, featured film then? I know you said you recently Uh, retired. uh, The Star Wars films, no, I I did others as well. uh, They did a remake of The Winslow Boy, Okay. and uh, I was standing for all the actors on that. Uh, um, Jeremy, uh, what is it now? Um, Nigel Hawthorne. And um, Jeremy Northam, etc. There was all of them, but I did loads. I was standing on Superman one and two for Gene Hackman. Okay. Uh, did a great Muppet Caper and Dark Crystal two okay. pictures. Oh, Dark Crystal. Two, yeah, two five month pictures back to back. They were. It's a tough picture that was Dark Crystal. I was standing for Frank and half the puppeteers. Norton Clark, Canadian, was Jim and the other half. Of them. And uh, we had the characters all right, you know, so we were doing puppeteering to some extent ourselves. And um, uh, let's see now, yeah, the Star Wars films. And um, I did um, others in between. Oh, I did three horrors. Uh, uh, Standing in for all the actors, Hellraiser, Hellbound and Nightbreed. And we did those. Yeah, that's it. There's talk of another one being made. I know it's going to happen, but uh, Mm -hmm. we'll see about that. But uh, Clive was a very, very clever man with stories and a bit of a tricky customer to work with. But anyway, uh, he does good good stories, so good luck to him. Awesome. Yeah, so, I mean, it was... And they were a year apart, always starting about February, and uh, so it was regular work. You know, and they brought every department that worked, sound, camera, lighting... Everybody in each department came on, so you knew everybody mm-hmm. instead of having them. Because the toughest thing is to learn all the names as fast as possible in the first week. You're expected to know everybody, yeah. and you can't possibly. Right, right. But that's, that's difficult. <laughs> um, are you, did you see the trailer for Episode 7 at all? No, 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 I haven't. I've heard of it, okay. and I'm looking forward to it. Okay. I just have television, I don't have internet and computers I'm a dinosaur (laughs) I still smoke cigarettes how about that (laughs) terrible are you you looking forward to your character maybe returning in the later films Um, with in somebody else um, yeah you're retired thank you I'm um, I'm very much retired I don't I said at the time when I did I don't want to go get up at five o'clock in the morning to be on a set sure. or location ever again and right. I haven't that was 12 years ago I'm uh, 60 no I'm 77 in three months time and I don't expect to do any filming mm-hmm. ever again well, thank you, you very much yeah. right. well you paid your dues <laughs> lovely you, you were an good awesome, luck yeah, you were to a lot of awesome movies, the so. young people of today <laughs> and I wish them well I hope they have as much fun and you know have this happen to them because it's been wonderful. I've been to, um, fl- I was in Florida for Celebration 5, four days. I did Dallas for a two-day weekend, and uh, I was in Rhode Island yes. 16 months ago. Yes. And, so the last uh, time I seen you was in Rhode very Island. Very good show. It was, was that the last time you were here in the States? Yes, that's okay. it, last time, okay. yeah. 
So, uh, and I like coming, I like, I like being uh, American. Well, I've worked with American people for 44 years, yeah. so in films, so, and some television, and um, we'll get on okay, it's fine, you know, similar attitudes. We've got a, a strange sort of comedy, humour, uh, which doesn't travel very well sometimes. Yeah. And, uh, we're a bit sarky and a bit dry, and that's all. <laughs> but... Uh, if, if rain that in and we get on okay. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, uh, anything else? Sir? No. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, pleasure. It's a pleasure. See, that people that ask the right questions and that listen and recognise. You know, you knew some of the things mm-hmm. I was talking about. And um, I mean, there's other things I did, like bounty hunters. Uh, sorry. Uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, a little television series. I don't know if you've heard of that. I did the title, that's me, and I go through the titles at the beginning of the programme. And I got repeats for that. And it was a real money earner, I tell you. Well, Well, thank you for joining our podcast. It's it's an honor to to, uh, meet and interview one of the coolest, iconic bounty hunters, really. Next to Boba Fett, Boss is pretty much the second best that they have out yeah. there so hopefully he makes a return and yeah well, he had a, yeah. a return in the Clone Wars series which right. was really nice yes. so, yeah. yeah right mm-hmm. so Good. very cool but, well, all right. thank, thank you very much thank my pleasure guys okay.